Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. Today we're going to be discussing Jaws and Piranha. I'm your co-host Mitch. How's it going, John? It's going well. I'm feeling really hot today. The, the heat wave has hit. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm having a heat wave, <laughs> a tropical heat wave. The temperature's <laughs> rising. <laughs> The temperature just rose a little bit in here. Uh, I definitely got song, the yeah. swamp, the swamp pit going on. <laughs> so yeah, Ooh, there's a bayou growing in here. Woo! Yeah, we are in Southern California. We're in San Diego, so it is getting I'm hot. I'm balls. Yep. But you know, sometimes yes. it's in full force. Yeah. But I would say that this is the perfect time for us to dive into the water. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about these waters. Honestly. I don't know about yeah, not these ones. No, these ones are full of horrible fish. This is great because it's specifically. Like monster creatures in horror Underwater for summertime. Creatures. Yeah, exactly. So very fitting for what we're doing and for this podcast, and I like it. So I believe the first movie we wanted to talk about was Piranha. Yes. So Piranha, everywhere that I found it listed, it listed it as a parody of Jaws. Yep. And mm-hmm. so it's interesting that they ended up making this parody afterwards and then remaking it so many years later. But I got to say, Piranha is a pretty terrible movie. Yep. <laughs> I'm, before we before we get to that though, we should just break down exactly what we hate about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, let because... me let me give you some numbers first. So so Piranha came out in 1978. It was directed by Joe Dante, Who and the movie have? had a 770 thousand dollar budget, of which it made 16 million in the box office. <laughs> so it's a, it was successful regardless of what people thought of it. Like it was still not as successful as Shots, but it still was popular people liked it it was a weird like niche audience that they reached out to and so it made its money back but as like an overall film there was a few things we could pick out um i think the first thing that kind of stood out to me was uh the intro just felt like kind of rushed to me like they just went right into it and didn't really explain a whole lot yeah it was so you just get kind of thrown into it I, I, I definitely agree. It was very much like a, these these two teenagers show up at like a water reservoir and yeah. straight up, <laughs> I don't know a single fucking person that's going to go no. swimming in a water reservoir. Like, who the fuck does that? <laughs> and the guy's like, isn't this a sewage treatment? Maybe. Right. Yeah. He even comments on how it might be something completely dangerous. This whole movie is really just a huge warning to people. Do not swim in reservoirs. Right. It's a really elaborate, like, hour and a half long warning. Cautionary tale. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> also, I feel like uh, the people who made it, uh, they knew absolutely nothing about piranhas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they just kind of, like, dropped them into their mythology and were like, all right, they're going to just eat everything and make yeah. weird, like, chihuahua noises. Yeah. <laughs> they all sound like muffled chihuahua grounds. <laughs> Every time they're eating people. Someone probably just stuck their head underwater and they put a <laughs> mic as close as they could <laughs> and just recorded that noise. And he magically sounds like a chihuahua. Right. So, so they get there and he's like, we probably shouldn't do this. And then what happens next? Uh, they uh, well, the guy gets eaten, and then they both just get eaten by piranhas. Basically, just... so this is the like sacrificial couple at the beginning to yeah. find out what's actually in the water, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then you've got so they die, and then you've got <laughs> the the college girl that's like exploring these missing two missing teenagers. Yeah, and she goes she, and like, was she like a like a journalist? Yeah, journalist. There we go, okay. journalist. Excuse me, I'm journalist. Sure is, she was yes. a journalist, and I was like, I but I couldn't was, really yeah. tell. She didn't have, like, credentials. Like, investigative journalist without credentials, maybe. Uh, (laughs) Like, we're already already bored. Anyway, (laughs) so... (laughs) 
So, but she finds like the mountain man that lives out there, the guy that like yes. lives in the sticks, and yeah. she's just like, "Hey, I'm looking for these teenagers. Maybe you know something about it." And he's just like, "Well, I guess we can go exploring. You're right. taking." And then she's just like, "Like commandeers yeah, sure. I'll his go hang car out with this guy. Like I'm not driving. Well, I guess I'm gonna drive." <laughs> and he goes. I don't yeah. know why the guy goes. There's I mean, no real like motivation. He probably characters. hasn't talked to anyone in years. So You're right, yeah. Someone came to hang out with him. He's like, yeah, whatever. We'll go check it out. I, I guess but the like, guy has a daughter him. though, and stuff. Like mm, that's fair. That's oh, a fair. Yeah, point. he does, doesn't he? Yeah. See, I forget these things. <laughs> it's just like it, because she doesn't. She just doesn't matter really. I mean, at the very least, the film followed some very stereotypical like narrative pieces. Yeah. So you know. It starts off, there's a warning, there's, everyone says it's going to be okay, and it's never okay whenever anyone says that in a film. Yeah. And then you have this guy who's supposed to be like the expert. I mean, Jaws has this guy. Mm-hmm. Jaws has that one guy who knows everything about going and fishing and hunting sharks mm-hmm. and giant creatures. So in this case, he was supposed to be the, like, the resident expert on whatever is inside of the reservoir. Yeah. You're talking about the old man they meet at the reservoir, right? Yeah. Yep, the one that they club immediately. He's yeah. like, stop, right. don't release. The-. They're like, yeah, I'm going to drain this entire reservoir to look for those bot Like you have the authority. I Excuse know. you. Like, I know. <laughs> like, like, who the fuck do you think you are just going and draining reservoirs? for? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny how they introduced that character because they're going to shut uh, down and like drain the reservoir. And immediately he just shows up out of nowhere just like the way they edited that whole scene and shot where he just shows up like there was no like warning saying he was living there before yeah yeah they really didn't like like build up that he was like living there they built up yeah they really didn't build that up at all so that's another thing that it, Plus, there was this underwater like sea creature mutant that was like living with him. There was yeah. like this little stop motion. Yeah, and, for, and it's just that for no reason. Yeah, it doesn't even do anything. No, they like introduce. I was like, I was like, there's no way they would spend the money on like a CGI thing. Not even CGI. Like, I guess it was like the stop, stop motion, motion, the stop motion creature that shows up, like the piranha hybrid. Yes, they're like setting up for their sequel that's not happening. <laughs> piranha had like four sequels. Oh, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I think it had the same appeal as, say, Sharknado or like things like that. It, it, it got silly. enough people interested where they just wanted to keep going. Yeah. They were like, yeah, fuck it. We'll keep making more of these and <laughs> making money. They made their money back. Like They did. It's no, not they like really they didn't did. make their money back. Well, this I, was also produced by Roger Corman where he makes movies super dirt, dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And he it manages what to. What else did he, was he involved with? Uh, Little Shop of Horrors, oh, the right. original. Where you see Jack Nicholson as the sadomasochist in the movie. Um, for Little Shop of Horrors was Steve Martin? Well, that was the later. That was the remake. Oh, that was the remake. Shit. The That's musical right. remake. That's right. Okay. Yeah. No, Roger Corman has, like, a laundry list of, like, B, like, <laughs> like very low-budget mo- sci-fi horror movies in his pocket. That just makes me think of, I think it was Takashi Mike. Guy who's made like over a hundred films. Oh yeah, no, I heard about that guy. Yeah. He just keeps, even if they're bad, he just keeps making keeps them. Going. Huh? Yeah, I think you told us he about him. He recently made um, Blade of the Immortal. Oh, okay, the very cool. Most recent one he made. It's actually a pretty good film. But besides, besides the point, just, yeah, uh, <laughs> just directors who like to make a lot of work. So he seems like the kind of guy who would just keep making B-list movies, and you could make a good, decent amount of money off of these. Yeah, it, I mean, and then the the sequel was actually really enjoyable, like the one that came out in like two thousand. Oh, really? Yeah, for okay. or for Piranha, I mean. Uh, Piranha 3D, that one? Yeah, that it was out? like 3D. They, 
they went with the gimmick of just focusing on straight gore and nudity, and they were like, "That's all they needed." <laughs> yeah, People pretty much. It. Yeah, no, pretty. And it was, it was, uh, it was exactly what I wanted from the front of the movie. Which this this seventies <laughs> one is titties. not <laughs> as nearly as entertaining. I think they were trying to make a movie that was kind of like some highbrow humor. Yeah, that they didn't were, translate well. It was definitely. Like, I don't know if it was even highbrow. It just seemed yeah. like it seemed like they were doing the par- They were trying to do like a B movie parody of Jaws. It felt like everything felt like silly. Because yeah. all right, the stupidest death in the whole fucking movie of Piranha <laughs> I think comes. I know which one? It, it, it's right. Is on the fucking river with the raft. Yeah. And there's oh, yeah. fucking there's the doctors <laughs> with them, and there's the kid in the capsized boat whose dad just got eaten. Right. And he's like on top of the capsized boat, and they're clearly like two hundred feet away from the fucking boat. And what does this dipshit fucking like? professor do a professor you thought the scientists in prometheus were dumb you ain't seen shit this fucking dude thinks he can swim fucking 200 feet in piranha infested waters and just gets and he lasts the longest though yeah they let that dipshit live for so fucking long and i was so mad i was this is dumb like and he's just like getting picked apart by the chihuahua noises i love how (laughs) angry you are about this it's stupid (laughs) i laughed so hard because it's so dumb and he just like is here, kid, I'll help you. And he, like, just gets murdered by them while helping the kid get on the raft. And then the piranhas start attacking the ropes of the raft. Yep. <laughs> what? <hate> Why? <laughs> I also I thought it was dumb that they're going on a raft, too. It was like, couldn't you just take a boat? Yeah, like, you're right. Like, like, like a, there's a lake A motorized house. boat or like, something? No, nah, that'd be too easy. Yeah, I know, right? They have to. But it's to... so stupid. <laughs> it was just like, I, I couldn't understand the logic of what people were doing. In, in I the, have to movie. really think that it, it was a choice of one of the writers to be like, and they were just sitting there writing it with whomever. Because I, I believe, yeah, yeah Piranha was written by two people. So they must have just been sitting and like riffing off each other, and we're like, "Yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. Let's do a raft part. <laughs> I like having a raft in the we'll boat. Do it in the movie." And then it just it, it didn't. They didn't have anyone else's opinion, so they were like, "Let's do it. Let's go with it." <laughs> and then went full in with this with this idea, and then it just kept going from there. Um, I I felt like the movie was actually too long, even though it was short. Yeah, right. Like really, yeah. It, it definitely felt like, why are they wasting my time with this part <laughs> and this part? Like, there was one parallel with Jaws is it has like the espionage, not really espionage, but it has like the the um, the people in power lying to the people or keeping things yes. secret. Yeah. So it has a parallel with that, which is interesting. But that's about like the as deep as it really gets. <laughs> I think also yeah. after the success of Jaws, everybody wanted to make another like underwater based horror yeah. film but i don't think that we're we should take prana as seriously no though, that's, I think that I think, was my problem <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's the but i think that's the intention though the movie isn't meant to be taken seriously hence the parody aspect of it i don't a lot of stuff like there's overacting like in many parts of the yeah. movie that are really silly and really reminiscent of b movies so i feel like a lot of it's like intentionally like like that i also watched jaws first and then I watched this. I need a Jaws to I... remedy myself after watching Piranha. Oh, you watched the second? I think I watched Jaws yeah. first because it's like it came the years before. And then and then they showed Piranha and then yeah. they made Piranha. So I was like, I want to watch Jaws first. And coming off of watching Jaws, which is like still in a pretty impressive movie to watch. It's still like, oh, okay. And then going into this parody, I was taking it too seriously. It was like when I told you guys yeah. about when I watched Man in the Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. I like hated it the first like two times I watched it, and then I ended up loving it like third, fourth time through. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous because I was like, "This isn't that serious. I don't need yeah. to take it that serious." And then when I realized I didn't take it serious, it's a hilarious and enjoyable movie. What did you guys think of the um, like the grand finale of Piranha, which they were clearly building up to, which is them getting to the the, the summer party? 
<laughs> We're just a smorgasbord for the piranhas. They fucking ate children. Yeah. They like had like a group of kids get bit up by piranhas in that movie. That was my first thought was that they had no qualms with having children getting eaten. So no. it was just like for some reason that was like that didn't really happen in the new movies. Like in the remakes. Nope. Nope. They didn't like I think it was who knows, it could have been the time period where they were like this isn't a good thing to put into. We can't. A film. We can't. Yeah, exactly. But, but they had no problem showing. Yeah, but in the seventies, murdering kids is fine. But now in two thousand fourteen, no, we can't. No, be no, killing it's children. Do that. It's cool camera. though. We can show someone's face getting ripped off, but it's no big yeah. deal. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I was kind of like, see, I'm coming from seeing Piranha 3D and then seeing and then seeing this one, which I watched after Jaws. I'll just okay. like you guys. It seems like we all kind of did. We watched Jaws and then. Oh no, you, no, you, Eddie, you know, did Eddie did it the other, it way, other yeah. way around. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, because I've never seen the per- original Piranha movie. And I was just like, I hate this movie. It's so It's really dumb. It, but I, mean, I, I hate its editing. I hate its structure. <laughs> I, I hate its acting, even though I do like some bad acting at times. Like you could take like William Shatner's acting or Bruce Campbell's acting. <laughs> oh my God, William Shatner. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, yeah, definitely. And even then, like even like the big finale of Gore was like really lackluster. I was uh, very much like not impressed with it at all. I was I like, wow. Not, I couldn't figure out if it was that originally it wasn't very good or if I've seen too much stuff where they did a lot more. Yeah, and right. By comparison, yeah. it was like, this is pretty tame. Yeah. Well, Corman always does like budgets his movies to a certain way. He doesn't never goes over budget on his movies. So he always manages to stay within the budget that he sets out. So Yeah, I can only imagine that their, their filming crew was really small. And they only had, like, the actors and then, like, two or three people who were out there with them. And so they got it done and made a lot of money off of mm-hmm. it. So they were probably like, yeah, whatever. I don't care if anybody likes this movie. Yeah, really, <laughs> I though. still made a bunch of yeah. money off of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, kept yeah. going. Yeah, exactly. You're just making making art to get to get money, basically. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have anything else really to say about Piranha. <laughs> Piranha. Piranha. How they Dude, I spell it wrong piranha every single the... time. I go and try to like search it, mm-hmm. try to search piranha. I can't seem to spell it right the first yeah. time. I, I I remember it like this: Paran ha <laughs> ha Paran ha, and just like that basically is how I remember. It. It's, it's like a... how I remember how to spell Wednesday. It's Wednesday. What what Wednesday? Wednesday. You guys want to go watch a good water-based horror film? Crawl. That's a good one. Wait, no, isn't that the one that's coming out? It just came out. Oh, oh, it already came out. Yeah. Shit. Well, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to watch that one, but it's interesting. Mostly, I was watching. Uh, right. Some somehow they get trapped in their own house with a one singular gator who's like trying to kill them, and they just can't seem to escape. In the situation. Florida, like, in the middle of like this humongous storm, is what's happening in that film. But uh, I really like Lake Placid for some reason. Giant crocodile. Oh, okay. I've not never, seen, never that seen that one. Lake Placid is like. There's moments of it where it's really serious and other ones where it's like kind of funny-ish because the, they have those moments where they're like, oh, it's okay, guys. There's nothing here. And then it jumps out of the lake and it's a huge fucking CGI gator or <laughs> crocodile that just eats him. It's kind of <laughs> like when you're watching um, Deep Blue Sea oh. and the thing <laughs> the pops out and gets Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jack. Yeah, that's another good one, too. We want to find a way out of this place. Yeah. First, we got to. <laughs> and then it fucking comes out and chomps him. That movie's good. It also had LL Cool J, and he survived the whole time. So <laughs> Awesome. Yes. <laughs> he also survived Halloween Resurrection. Yeah. Yep. I was just like, damn. Where all these actors were just like, he survives this horror movie. He survives this <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did also watch The Meg, which was hilarious. Like, oh, okay. Don't take it super serious. If you go watch it and you're like, this is going to be a funny movie, 
it is absolutely one of the funniest movies I've seen. Because they 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 made the size of this megalodon shark so enormous that it's it's too unbelievable. You're just like this is not. How big did they fitting. make it? Like Godzilla big or something? Almost like its mouth pretty much like there's several feet on either side when it goes to eat one of the boats. And it just didn't like it didn't, it didn't make any sense. And then they have this this research facility where like most of the place is made up of entirely of glass. Like there doesn't seem to be any support on it. And so it like just crushes all of it and goes in like rams into it. So it's just a lot of that. That's terrible. And then it was it was for Jason underwater base. Right, yeah. Like it doesn't fucking it doesn't make sense. They had Jason Statham be super serious, even though like He's supposed to be like a marine biologist or something like that, <laughs> which doesn't fit. Like he's an action star. <laughs> they should have just made him some like crazy hunter or like oh some dude who God. goes under underwater and like harpoons something. He does. I just imagine with like some glasses and a little suit on, and he's just like, <laughs> and he, he's like, I'm just so I've been mixing, I've been mixing my beakers. <laughs> <laughs> I've been mixing all these tinctures, looking at this big shark. Oh my God! Studying it, Before... writing in my notebook. <laughs> We go before we go into Jaws. Quick side note: Have you guys seen the movie Crank? Yes, I love Crank. Fuck yeah! If you want to watch a good movie with Jason Statham? Go watch Crank. <laughs> All, the whole movie. This the only thing that he does in the movie. He's he is trying to keep his heart pumping after getting poisoned. That's it. That's the whole movie. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, just, then, and it does, continues into the second movie. All about the, he has to keep his blood pressure up. So he just does wild shit all the way through the whole movie. It's so funny. Yep. I love that. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> getting into Jaws. So Jaws was released before Piranha. It was released what year? 19... 1975. 1975. Uh, it was directed by Spielberg. Everyone knows who Steven Spielberg is. Yep. <laughs> if you don't know, his first name's Steven. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a first name. Don't yeah, lie to me. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've just always known him as Spielberg. Apparently, he's kind of like he's a nicest, nice-ish guy. Like He's not like a terrible person. He's not really Scott. Let's put it yeah, way. there you go. Really, Scott thinks he's like God's gift to the world. And <laughs> anytime he has an interview, he's such a fucking prick. But like, whatever. <laughs> so, so this movie came out in 1975. The budget was nine million. Wow. Nine million they actually went over that movie. budget. Yeah, way over. It was supposed to be like a fucking. I, I think it was like five or six. I think they were supposed to be at. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and they went way over. But guess how much the fucking movie made back? Four hundred and seventy million dollars back in the box office. Cha-ching. So, this was also like the first ever summer blockbuster movie. Yeah. So before this movie came out, there was really no like rhyme or reason why they released movies at a certain time of the year. They just did it unless it was related to a holiday. So if you had a Halloween movie, you tried to do it near Halloween. You did a Christmas movie somewhere near Christmas. But he decided to release it at the end of summer because he knew people were going to be going to the beaches. They're probably going to be in the water. And it was a good time to get people afraid of it. And so the term blockbuster came from this film because there were so many people lined up to watch it and they were lining around the block. And so that's how that term came about. Blockbuster. Yeah. Damn. I didn't know that. That's yeah. fucking cool. So as hell. he came up with that. Oh, it's so well, dope. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the term itself wasn't coined until maybe like a couple years later, but Still that was like, cool, that though. was like the origin. And then summer releases became a thing after that. Where people are like, we're going to release. So that's why we have so many good movies now that get released during the summer. Yeah. Like they always, the they always movies. like, yeah. I feel like summer movies just get stretched out to the whole year now. They don't really feel right. like they're We're starting complete. to get things more in summer and then more towards the end of the year, like around Christmas <clears> and like <throat> winter time, which is when we have most of the Star Wars films, really. The cool thing about Jaws, I know that we're, we're – uh, the cool thing about Jaws is that you wouldn't expect it to be as good of a movie as it is because the premise no. – unless you've read the book – 
Yeah, that's fair. You know, if you've read the book, then you might know something about it. But if you haven't and you know nothing about this movie, it's the premise is Big Shark attacks a community. And that's it. It sounds really like like there's no <laughs> way this could possibly be good at all. There's no way. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's such a right. simple premise. It might be almost be too simple. And we've seen too many movies that have already done it. Like nowadays, well, this is yeah. an older one, but this is one of the first. Jaws was like clearly. the contemporary of uh, Moby Dick for its time. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, nice. and, but very condensed. And the book is significantly different from the movie with its characters. Everyone in the book are really bad people. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Richard Dreyfuss' character in the book has an affair with the chief's wife in that book story because she apparently had an affair with his brother oh shit and she wants to reminisce that same feeling because they're the relation with him and the brother in that story so they're having like a fling like a summer fling together while um, this whole shark thing is happening wow dang so it gets it gets into like the really deep interpersonal relationships yeah. of all the people which in the i community. thought was like that's a good thing that they took that out of the movie because I think that would distract the It'd whole story. It would be too story. convoluted. Yeah. It, it would, it would just, yeah, I, I agree with Eddie. It would definitely distract from the overall plot and it would like, it would fuck up the flow. Plus they also. were also, when they were going shark hunting and the for the like final finale in the last hour of the movie, they keep going back to the town every night because they could never get the shark then. And the way they take out the shark is very anticlimactic to the, how they did it in the movie. <laughs> Oh really? Okay, gotcha. Yeah, the shark dies by a wound that was, that uh, was like a harpoon hit into him. So he just dies of his wounds, pretty much. Mm. Then blows up from a compressed air canister. Oh, gotcha. I mean, so, they did something wait, close. So he bleeds out. So he bleeds out, or does he still explode in the book? He doesn't explode at all. All right, so he just bleeds out in the book and dies. Yeah. Whereas yeah, in the, the movie, uh, in the movie like, they blow his blow fucking head this up. Gonna blow up. the fucking shark up. Yeah. How American? Which, <laughs> which yeah. Mythbusters actually disproved that. Yeah, uh, it won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You just need C four to take out a shark, just to blow yeah. it up. Yeah. There you go. That was a hilarious Mythbusters episode. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah. I just Same. It all the time. It's um. So, I mean, let's break down Jaws from the beginning. I mean, I know a lot of people have seen it, but let's right. break it down for those who haven't. We have a lot of younger people these days who haven't seen classic movies like this, it's too. It's true. So, so you have this this town where their main way to make money is what, by getting all this tourism to the beaches. Mm-hmm. And so they are ready for this summer to, like, open. The beaches are going to open. They're ready for it. Or they'll go on welfare next year. Yeah, or else, like, they're all going to be fucked because they have no money off of this. That sounds like a very politician thing to say. Right? We'll be on yeah. welfare if we don't fucking figure out our bullshit for this <laughs> well, summer. You got, you got the mayor who is, like, literally the, like, worst person. Oh, yeah, worst fucking person he, ever. He just wants money. He doesn't care what's going to happen to people. Yeah. And the introduction you get to the shark being around there is... Is the the girl who goes swimming, Chrissy? Yeah, yeah. right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. What's she your goes name, swimming. Chrissy? Where are we going? Swimming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like just happy, carefree, yeah, exactly. Lucky. Yes. And the start of the summer. Swims out to the buoy, gets trapped there, and so like, I'm not drunk. I'm this not, is the first time you realize that the shark is in the water. And this is kind of like your introduction to the shark and what might happen. And the classic song. They show song. it through the perspective of the <laughs> yes. shark. Like, you're the, the killer. I- the iconic, da-dun. John Williams score. Da-dun. Da-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
he worked okay. very hard to come up with that exact piece. Like there were so many alternate versions that he made and he kept bringing it to Spielberg and being like, okay, what about this one? What about this one? And he was like, nope, nope, nope. And he finally got it. And he was like, that's it. That's exactly it's, what yeah. we need for it. I, it's so, that song is so silly because it's only like two notes. Yeah. It's just done, done, yeah. done. And so well, it's like. it was he, the buildup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's like, and like really like playing with the idea of like simplicity. Yeah. Simplicity just You also like, couldn't yeah. see the shark. Or yeah. you had like the view of it as mm-hmm. you were going up to it, so you knew something that was well, going to happen. Well, Spielberg was going to show the shark more. Yeah, but then mechanical the, issues. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently your mechanical sharks don't work well in fresh, clean water as opposed to sea salt water. Yeah, very much. <laughs> you uh, in um, I think that the absence of the shark is a, is actually really good for the movie because they yes. kind of keeps him a mystery. Uh, it really plays on people's fear of water and fear of the unknown in this what one a is lot. That? There's like a fear of like open water. Yes, I'm not sure what the name of that. What name it's of that like basilophobia, I think. I'm gonna Google this shit. Yeah, we'll get a, we'll get a quick check on it. Uh, I definitely have that. I'm Do we like, want fear of the wa- of water or the ocean? Uh, I guess it's fear of the ocean in this case. Yeah, because if you're, I don't know how how uh, afraid you get in a swimming pool. No, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm exactly. Because yeah. yeah, exactly. But I like, know where the bottom is. Yeah, in like the ocean though. Who what what looks? All right, I'm gonna try and pronounce this. Yep. It's thalassophobia. Okay. So that's what it's called. Yeah. Which I think um, Matt – I don't think it's Matt Hooper. What's his na- the police chief's name in the movie? Oh, uh, yeah, Chief Brody. Brody, yeah. yeah. Fucking he, I'm here with the names today. I'm never <laughs> on with the names. Like, I love Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Like, Brody is afraid of drowning pretty much. He's yes. afraid of going into the ocean. He's the only one that's not very enthusiastic Isn't about Isn't he go- the only one wearing like a life preserver too when he's on the boat? Um, I think he like puts one when, on immediately. When he and H- Hooper go out to like yeah. investigate after they get it open the shark. Well, well, let's go. Let's go back. So, so the girl gets trapped there, and she tries to swim back, right? Mm-hmm. And then just she gets, much, she gets she gets eaten. killed. But this is also one of those scenes where, like, she gets grabbed by her legs, basically, and just like gets moved around thrashed the water around. with her. Yeah, she gets thrashed in the water. Really, is what happened. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for the time period when you're watching it, that must have been pretty violent. Oh yeah, like, you were like, oh shit, like you're she like, is like getting murdered right now. Yeah, right. And then her her dead body washes up on the shore, and that's how Chief Brody gets brought into it because they're like, we found a dead body. And like that, at the time that he gets the call, he's just chilling at home in his nice little beach home. Yep. Like, yeah. you know, his wife is super nice, who I, I can only assume at this point is, like, really faithful. Because, like, yeah. she's, like, really nice. They, like, love being around each other. They didn't really mm-hmm. bring anything from the book. You they're know, the story. they're f- fresh from New York, too. That's it. Yeah. And I think he decided to probably just live there or transfer yeah. to Amity. And yeah, I guess to relax, to kind of retire-ish, and then this shit happens. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they ask him, um, Brody's fear of water is, is is an interesting bit because they bring it up. They're like, why would a guy afraid of water live on an island? They say that to him, and yes. he's just like, it only just depends on if you're it, – it basically, it's like it depends on – he basically says it depends on the perspective. I don't remember the exact quote, but he basically says, like, it, it's only an island to those not on it. It's kind yes. of like the – it's kind of like that idea. Like, you know, so I, I, I really like that quote. I don't know. It was a very, like, very nice quote and a very good, like, response to something like that. The dialogue and just the how characters talk to each other is just very phonetic. Mm. I feel mm. like. It's really, really good. It's <laughs> very good. Um, this is, like, one of my top favorite of Spielberg movies next to, like, obviously Jurassic Park and the Indiana Jones movies and yeah. uh, Catch Me If You Can mm-hmm. is another one of my favorites of his. Plus, this was also his second movie. He did another movie, which was yeah. a kind of like a horror movie. It was a it was a chase movie, a guy getting chased by a truck, pretty much. It's like Jaws, just in that format. But an evil truck. 
No, it was the, there was a, someone driving the truck. Oh, okay. It's like, it's big, is it a big white truck? <laughs> it's the big white truck. Just like, remade the story one more yeah, time. Yeah, but, but he's like stained with blood on the front from all the people he's just right. run over with. It. Yeah. Then his like second other movie he did was like Sugarland with Goldie Hawn, but that didn't do so well either. So this was like, Jaws was like Spielberg's big hit of breaking in yeah it really got people to notice him and he was able to continue making films after that like it got him the money yeah. basically to he continue. has had a background of working in the industry like yeah. he worked on like rod serling's other show that was not the twilight zone oh yeah i can't remember the name of it right now so come back come back to jaws, jaws. um uh, Chrissy, the uh, girl that goes for a swimming, dies. Yes, she gets uh, washed up on the beach. Brody, Brody comes in to investigate our our police chief, and he's just like flabbergasted. He doesn't know yeah. what possibly could have eaten her and mm-hmm. what happened. Like she has these huge bites, chunks missing from her, and so they take her in to get like her body. There's nothing examined. really left of her. There's just like her. Yeah, arm just like bit. Like, like when they when the scientist comes in, they bring out like a little bucket, and that's her <laughs> remains. Like she's just in a bucket. Like, like yeah, Dreyfus can like barely hold in his. <laughs> Is lunch. Yes. Uh, this is a really good example of, of showing and not telling. Yeah, you get so to see a, what they you don't do. rely on showing you this really grotesque, like mangled body of this girl. They just show she's in a bucket. That's how much is left I think of her. Her hand is the only thing that's visible. Yeah, that's at the one only point. thing that they really show yeah. with all the crabs over it. And it's yes. grotesque enough as it is. Right. There was no boating accident. It was yeah. not Jack the Ripper. <laughs> It and was a the, great white shark. So they, they, they um, so the word hasn't gotten out yet. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they keep it under wraps. They bring the body in. Well, for the mayor wants to keep it under wraps. Yeah. The, well, yeah. he Brody goes to the mayor and is just like, the mayor know, just like meets up the with them. People got to know. You got to close the beaches. You know, there might be something in there, and they haven't really like found out just yet what it mm-hmm. is. And then, and then the other guy shows up, um, the expert. Yep. The, the I don't know what to call him. But he's, is he he's like he's a marine biology expert? He's a marine biologist. Marine okay. biologist. Yep. So he shows up and is just like, "You guys need to close the beaches. This is crazy. This is a shark. Not a boating accident. Yeah. Like, how do you think this is a boating accident? And then like <laughs> is basically telling them all they're stupid. And yep. it's like, no, we have to go tell the mayor. And then the mayor is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we, can't, we can't just close down the beaches. Tomorrow's he, the 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. And those beaches will be open. <laughs> <laughs> That's the exact quote. Yeah, That's exactly what he says. This is also a really good shot. Spilling out over the dock. Yep. I love it. It was the dad from The Graduate. It is. Yeah. It is. is, Who tells Richard Dreyfus, I think you are filth. I think you are scum. (laughs) You are degenerate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So, so they examine the body, and then he goes to talk to the mayor, and they're on like this little uh, buoy or t- some sort of transfer thing for the cars <laughs> in between where they're at. And this is where he has like the main discussion with him, where he's just like, "You can't, like, you really can't open it." And he tells him all about how he needs to make money off of this. Like the guy even who called in the accident says he can redact that information of saying it was a shark yes. attack. Oh fuck! Yeah, yeah. So Damn. they're they're all they're full into hiding whatever's going on and i couldn't help but think because they got to keep their business going otherwise yeah they, they're afraid that the town is just gonna not make any more money if they if all the tourists get scared yeah like, and so this is like i felt like it was a direct piece of social commentary about the time period about how they felt about either the government and or their local government and them just kind of hiding things from people not really knowing the full story i think 75 was also the post nixon era yes ah, we, that makes a lot of sense and I think we wasn't like the seventies going through another inflation. As sort well. of. I mean, it was like it. Things weren't super expensive. 
you know, you're able to go to college and have a job like uh, and make a pretty good amount of money and you can go and buy your own house and things like that. It's only just starting to get to the moment where you can't really do that so much anymore. And then it was changing into a different time period. But people definitely were sketchy about the government because of having things like fucking Watergate and other things happen. And now they are like having a loose trust with who the president is. I don't remember exactly who pres- who was the president in Ford or Jimmy Carter. Pretty sure. Pretty sure it's Jimmy Carter. Who was president during Jaws? Yeah. Jaws was made. So like, I feel like that would definitely change things about the film, where they were definitely making social commentary about things that are going, as most films do, especially with horror films. They usually make commentary about what's going on, and it's usually something versus another thing. If it's not just one person, it's like Gerald society. Ford. Oh, it's Ford. Huh? Yeah. Okay. So. Who knows? It could have been. Gerald commentary. Ford died today at the census age of 83, and I'm gay. Wait, what? No, wait, wait, wait what? But I'm not gay. <laughs> what is that from? It's an SNL bit where Dana Carvey is playing um, this well-known uh, n- news broadcaster, and he's like planning out his next like news announcements because he's going on like a sabbatical. So they're going to use that footage just to like <laughs> yep. as recording and. <laughs> I love that you know all these things. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just going to announce when Ford is going to die at the age of like 83 or 84. Yeah. And w- how he dies a certain way by even by a pack of angry wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they do that specific voice, like what all radio was during 40s and the 50s, mm-hmm. how it was. It was just a fake accent. People just made it. They just and had like then, a specific yeah, way of talking for radio. Yeah, well, sp- they wanted to differentiate themselves from other people around the world, so they wanted America, American um, radio voices to sound a certain way. So they did that. Yeah, trying to individualize. Yep, creating yep. a personality. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> then you're like, uh, what's that guy on the, the shock jock? Um, but Mr. Curly Hair. I do not remember. Okay. So back to Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so on to Jaws. Uh, so we introduce uh, our marine biologist who yes. says we got to close the beaches. So I think this is all of the main characters except for one, except for the. They the, haven't introduced Quint yet. Yeah, the fisherman yeah. or the, like the expert who is who's uh, MVP of this monster movie. catcher. Where he yeah, just, like, honestly takes his fingernails on right. The so yeah. they have like a just uh, to they have like up. a meeting basically like town meeting. Out, what should we do about this? And should we tell people? And then the guy shows up and just scratches his nails on the chalkboard to get everyone's attention. And is like, I'll catch it for you. <laughs> I'll catch you a shock for it's you. It's not going to be. <laughs> Sounds like a pirate. That's it ain't like going to awesome. be cheap. It ain't going to be Robert cheap. Robert Shaw's character. It ain't going to be cheap. I'll catch him for you. For a price. <laughs> <laughs> Eating his crackers. And just oh, my God. I love, I love it so much, dude. It's cool, too, because during that shot, they kind of, like, zoom into him, like, mm-hmm. past all of the people who are sitting there. He's oh, just yeah. sitting there relaxing, waiting for his moment to do that, which is, like, the most dramatic thing you can do in a movie. But okay. he got he gets all their attention. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. Fuck it. Like, you got to pay me, though. Like, it's going to yeah. be it's gonna be expensive. I'll well, bring in the, the head, of the, the tail, or like... the whole damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> So fucking you, good, dude. Spanish oh yeah, oh yeah. That's when he's like, "That'll get you the head, that'll get you the fins, and that'll get you the, the whole tail, damn the whole thing, damn thing." thing yeah. yeah, I love that. Oh. There's a lot of good lines in that movie. Just mm-hmm. like either that, the uh, we're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah, like just yeah. lines you definitely know and recognize, and that that this movie was that movie. Um, so uh, not so they decide that they're not gonna tell the people they're gonna no, keep the beaches open. They keep it open. And uh, what Kills. happens because of this? Like a boy gets killed and a dog. 
Yep, a dog and a boy die. I mean, okay, these kids had it. They had it coming though. They were stupid. They they pick up their boat and go to the other fucking side. No, this is before that. Wait, am I thinking? This is, yeah, else? this is the first death that happens when the little boy second. gets eaten. Second. What's up? The second one. Well, no, because there's, there's the boy and the little well, yellow, the, girl the dies, yellow raft. Girl dies, and then Christy the girl, and then the kid die afterwards. And then yeah. they have the one where the boats are, where the guys are in the other harbor. Oh shit! You're and right. they have the fake shark that comes in. Yes. The pranksters that yeah. come in and do the fake shark yeah. thing. He made me do it. The, a cool shot is at the very beginning of the beach. You can tell the public's uneasy about the ocean because the entire shot. No, no one's, one's in the water. In. No one's in the water. And then when those like one little family walks in, well, they the mayor all forces someone to go in. Right. Oh, does he? Why yeah. aren't you not going in the ocean? Yeah. Oh shit! That's right. Fuck me. He, no forces, <laughs> he like forces his family to go in. Oh, basically, it's so like fucked. Well, I'm so just fucked. Like, I just put lotion on and I missed. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, That's some bad. Brody is there as well, and he's being very vigilant. He's like, yeah. God's binoculars. He's watching. He knows something might go down. Um, he's just super nervous. And then, sure enough, yeah, a couple minutes later. Well, he has yeah. that cop's perspective. Yeah, for real. Where he's trying to like notice maybe a possible danger that ha- might happen, and then you just people having a good time and fooling around until like the shark eats Alex. <laughs> Um, Your hands are so pruny. Um, <laughs> I remember the dog's name is Pippin, so rest in peace, Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pippin! 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 The dog the does not gone. survive no, it does this not. movie. Um, <laughs> not like we got to know the dog. That's true. <laughs> Naming a after shots. a Lord of the Rings character. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. Anyway! <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, I love the old man that goes to Brody as he's drying himself, and he's got his old man boobs, and he's going <laughs> to... He's just like, so how's it going? He's, he's trying like, to see around him. He like keeps leaning to the yeah, left, right. to the right. We've he's heard about you. Like... We've heard about you, Chief Brody. You don't <laughs> like the water. And his reaction back is like, that's some bad hat, Harry. Yep, that's <laughs> some the... bad hat, Harry. <laughs> all these lines. There's so many good all lines. The lines. That's another one that's just like on and the And Harry's delivery. like put yeah. off by that comment. Just yeah, and like... he just goes like. I think he takes off the hat, doesn't he? No. He like reaches up. <laughs> Oh, maybe I'm thinking of something yeah. else. He I, takes I thought, off, though. I swear that, yeah, he kind of just walks He rightly away. fucks off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that's really what that line really was. Really what that like, was. Fuck like, off, right. Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, there's the prankster shark. Yes. Because they do the whole thing. and then On the 4th of July. Yep. On, on the, 4th the 4th of July. July yeah. yeah. And so the prankster, the two kids come in with the two shark fins and freaks snorkel. everyone out. And it distracts them from the little kitty harbor. Yes. Where the where the little kids are in their boat doing stuff, and um, it's not actually his kid that gets eaten. It's just a passerby, like a bystander that's yes. trying to help them out with yeah. stuff. And, and that's then, the first time. Well, this is the second time you actually do see the shark in the movie. Oh yeah, you see like fins. You don't really get to see like a full mouth just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like that's like later on ish in the film. But basically, at this point, they are like, we have a bounty on the shark. Everyone, go get it. And then all these fishermen show up. And Richard Dreyfuss comes by, it shows up too. Yeah. And they're all like people out of town wanting to hunt this shark, which I think also Jaws, after its release, helped from like fishermen hunt sharks for real. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. So they basically like got this idea that sharks were really dangerous. And then people, of course, followed through and they started hunting for shark fins because they make shark fin soup. And so 
that hunting practice got really normalized and people were doing that which really people sad. are really upset because sharks like they account for much less attacks on people than anything yeah, else. sharks really. really aren't that da- they're actually not very dangerous well animals. they don't like the they're taste like, of people they yeah. bite people accidentally and then they're like oh no and then we'll they're usually like, spit Ew. them out <laughs> yeah and it's not really like a, yeah exactly josh has like, perpetuated that fantasy yeah right. the, the idea that like sharks are bloodthirsty killers when a lot of them are pretty docile like Man, they don't really that was like shark week on uh on discovery channel yeah they always played on those kind of fears of people but really mm-hmm. most of it was just like they're actually pretty nice <laughs> yeah they're actually pretty nice i was hanging out with like 15 of them yeah, yesterday exactly. didn't die <laughs> crazy hanging out with the street sharks from the 90s fuck yeah that was such a yeah. good show i hope they i hope they make more of that dang those were cool toys um so uh but here's the here's the so that's the reason why they let the Pete beaches back open again is because those hunters that go out they bring back a tiger shark Right, they think they <laughs> caught him. Yeah, they think they caught the shark because it's, okay. it's a hefty shark. Yeah, I'll give them that. One. Like they think yeah. it's a big one, yeah. but it's not quite what they're looking for. He even measures the marine biologist runs up to it and measures the mouth, the bite radius, and is just like, yeah. no, that's not the same shark. You guys are completely yeah. off, and no one believes him. Well, they were just like, I wonder what kind of shark this. And Richard Dreyfus is like, it's a tiger shark, and the other guy's like, oh what? Oh <laughs> what? <laughs> And he's like, what are you talking about? All oh, the bite radius That's the nonsense. bigger dude, right? Who's just standing near him? Yeah, he's one of the fishers. Yeah, yeah. one of the fishermen. Because uh, he's a marine biologist. He should know this yeah, stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And everyone's like, what the fuck, man? We just caught this fucking shark who we think has been eating every- all these kids and dogs. And you're just like coming in with your college education telling us something different. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And so they use that cow- shark as a means and a reason to open the beaches again. Right. So they think everything is safe. They're like, well, oh, the mayor we got just him. needs to keep that business going. Right. right. So he's he's terrified at that point because they close it down. Everyone is scared to go onto the water. And so they're like, all right, we can open the beaches back up again, which is like pretty much what they do. <laughs> they, yeah, exactly. They just go and make it worse. Oh, man. Uh, and so, yeah, they open the beaches up again, and then the uh, innocent bystander guy in the boat with the kids dies because of that. Uh, with the prank also. The prank was a good, was a good like, flip up in the movie for, for them because they're like, oh, shit, shark again. And then it, yeah. like, ends up being a farce. <laughs> that, was an, that was interesting. But I like that they did that in the movie because, like, right. the idea, they bring in the idea of pranksters. Like you're know, using the using controversy to get like yeah. a rise out of people and stuff. Well, almost like commentary on trolling, kind of. Yeah. So this made me think of uh, there was so during that time period. During that time period, there was a lot of serial killers. There was a lot of people who were committing murders and things like that. And then what would happen as a result of these, if they were really popular, was uh, copycat killers. And so they end up coming out with stuff like, uh, like, did you guys ever hear of the Tylenol murders? No. This is crazy. So apparently, like, late, no, yeah, late 70s, early 80s, when Tylenol was a huge thing, everyone took Tylenol for everything, some dude went out and put, like, cyanide inside of random pill bottles, like, across a certain area of the country. And then people would take the Tylenol and would just drop dead because they had taken a lethal dose of cyanide. And so they had like two or three days where like 10 people just died. They just dropped dead suddenly. They didn't know what was going on. And then they finally figured out that it was in the Tylenol. And then after that, people started doing it again. Like it wasn't even, they would, they suspected it wasn't the same person because it happened like closer to the New York area and then randomly towards the West Coast. And so like shit like that kept happening and people were suddenly really afraid of, you know, going and just buying a random bottle of Tylenol. They had to like pull it off the shelves and go through every single bottle. To figure out what it was and they never found that guy they don't know who did it yeah they could still be alive and like just walking around 
but like they were definitely that's what it made me think of because that that fear for the public they kind of kept it quiet for a second and then they really had to go public and then tylenol had to be like we're so sorry like it's totally honest like we are not a part of this it's just some random dude who put poison in these things we use cyanide yeah i know right like that's crazy so yeah so that happened it's kind of like that post 9 11 scare when um people thought terrorists were gonna like poison baby food that was weird that was a weird result of that i remember that people were very afraid of that which is like they just thought people were gonna go and kill babies for some reason just like everyone got scared after that right. time and just like what could possibly happen I like I like that Jaws decided to include the politicians who are just greedy mm-hmm. because I feel like that's definitely a, a nice parallel even then and now where we have just corporations that would probably do the same shit to us. <laughs> Greed is one of the sins for a reason. Right. Yeah, exactly. Going back Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> so so when they're they thought they caught the shark and then um the expert who we saw at the beginning, I keep forgetting his name, the the fisherman that they join up with. Why do, can't I remember it? Hooper. Hooper. They get Hooper, they get the marine biologist, and they get Brody. And they're like, all right, we actually need to go look for this thing. Like, it can't, it has to be out there. And so they go out there with a big old bucket of chum and start just throwing it in the water and seeing if anything will show up. And they're on this rickety boat. Mm-hmm. Quint, <laughs> it's on Quint's old fishing boat. Yes. Yeah. Which I love this guy because he like sings sailor songs with the them. The whole and stuff. time. I love it. I love all of it. Spanish lady. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It makes me so happy. Show me the way to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it. So I think this is the first time you get to see the shark, like the full mouth, just pop out of the water and almost mm-hmm. eat Brody. Yeah. Brody's just like surprised. He takes a, He's got a cigarette in his mouth, throwing yeah. some chum in the water. And then things just, just show up. some chum down here. And he just sits like up it. really fast, like all straight and just, you're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> Good shit. He is scared and rightfully so because that thing is huge. Yeah. Uh, but it's also Bruce. funny to see. Yeah, right. Bruce. Who's named after Spielberg's lawyer. Or the great white turd. I did not know that. Yeah. What was the origin? Uh, they na- Spielberg had a lawyer named Bruce, and so they just named the shark. And I like the lawyers are all like sharks in skin suits, pretty yeah. much. Yep. So that's the shark's name, or the great white turd, because <laughs> the mechanical shark kept like failing every yep. time. I love the behind the scenes photos of the mechanical shark because mm-hmm. people would just like lay in it and take photos. Mm-hmm. And, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so Spielberg just... accidentally broke it while yep. George Lucas was trying to crawl inside it. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, who has the, uh, who actually has the original Bruce shark? Uh, There's three of them. Um, they just rent it. Um, they refurbished one. Not too long ago, like Greg Nicotero mm-hmm. had a like copy of one of the sharks that they just like refurbished just recently. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, they never, uh, I've never been to Universal Studios, but do they use one of the sharks for that? Or no, is it a separate animatronic thing that they put in there? No, that's an animatronic. So it's that's... a separate thing entirely. Yeah, they made a gotcha. completely new one. That they gotcha. developed for, for specifically sh- for that ride. For the show, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> Even the so, one in Florida. So well. there were three mechanical sharks made for the movie, and then, so a couple people own those sharks. That's pretty rad. I'm sure somebody owns it, or it's like in storage somewhere. Yeah. Like where they keep a lot of movie, movie props and things mm-hmm. like that. I feel like if I was in a movie and there was cool props like that, I would like try to get it or buy it or something. Yeah, like, I'd take I take it home that? with me. Well, right? when a movie production was like 
done with their props and costumes, they would just give it away. They wouldn't Usually, really yeah. warehouse it or store it. Well, until, now like, they're really wary about that because they want it for displays afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. a lot of the Star Wars stuff is not given to the actors or actresses. And, like, uh, they'll usually put it on display, like, their lightsabers and things like that. Like, Mark Hamill didn't get to keep his lightsaber for oh. the recent movies. He, he had to, like, get leave But he has his old one, probably. He has his old one. Yeah. He, from the original, for sure. It, which is probably cooler way more valuable. Anyway. Way cooler, Way yeah. cooler, anyway. Because <laughs> it's, like, it was, like, a, it's, like, a, it's history. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's movie history. Yeah, movie point. history. Yeah, but, yeah, but, sure. I mean, that was, a like, Star Wars was an iconic film. Yeah, definitely. Sure. But um, we're talking about Jaws, not Star Wars. We got onto George Lucas is why. <laughs> yeah, that's made, that makes sense. Yeah, look at, look at, where, where are you taking us, Eddie? What are you <laughs> trying to do? sabotage obviously we <laughs> want to have a star wars conversation well hollywood like the big directors of the time who were starting up in the 70s and right around the same time too that's kind of cool to be like you they probably came out of like a star class where there's just all these people who knew each other and they just did really well like i can only imagine that Coppola like and yeah, going to like these classes at like the film schools you probably meet the future of whatever industry you're going into and you're gonna be like yep i want to see this person in a couple years because they're really fucking good so, on Jaws, Brody sees Big Nasty Shark, and so how do they uh, fight the shark, though? The battle with the shark is probably one of my most, like, one of my favorite parts is that they use the barrels to right. weaken him, to f- make him float to the surface. And that was yes. one of the most, like, original ideas I've thought. I, I, they probably do that normally, you know what I mean, for bigger game like that. And it was, um, it was I've never thought yeah, of that probably. idea, though. I've also never because they also did that because the shark... They need something to like make known of the shark's presence. Uh, the bit, yeah, yeah, to let know where he is, and then one of the other deals is also that he it can't like, the, die. He, yeah, basically. yeah, yeah. He can't go down low and disappear from them at all. So he and they it weakens, notice, it makes him though, tired. They notice that when sure. they shoot one and attach it to him, that he's still able to pull it down. With oh yeah, ways. he's fine. So they were like, oh, like he is a strong shark. So they attach. Yeah, he like, was going under the boat them. too when, even when like when, um. Quinn had him on his like pushing hook line. Yeah, they really tried to hook him. Like they thought that they could just pull him off yeah, out just, of the water onto the boat. <laughs> and he's like, and then he realizes really quickly it's too big. It's yeah, way it's, too big yeah. and too heavy to bring onto the boat. It was like twenty five feet long. Yeah, I I think was that like what they said or like were they kind of like guesstimating how big he was? Because we know real, like it, the yeah the sharks that they made were twenty five feet long. Oh, so shit. I think okay. that's what they were going off of. Gotcha. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, they yeah. definitely had a strategy. Like they yeah. were so like that part to me was pretty legitimate. Like oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna make sure that you can see it, that you can't dive. It was a great way to like to show like the building action, falling action. Like so, yes. when the barrels disappear and go away, you know we're gonna be resting for a bit. There's not gonna be a lot of stuff going on. You know right. what I mean? We're at like the downtime, and then it like, goes. It's like the uh, like the climbing action and falling, and it does that really well, and it allows like for the audience to see that play out in the movie and like prepare themselves for it. Um, I, I, I uh, the barrels was probably one of the more interesting things. I just liked how it was like an interesting like fight with the shark. So we have to attach these barrels to him to weaken him, to wear him out first. And then we can probably figure out how to finish him off after that. Yes. You know, they were probably hoping to bleed the shark to death, to be honest. Yeah, probably because they didn't really have like any other weapons, really. No harpoons and stuff. Yeah. And that was about it. They weren't planning on, well, they weren't planning on exploding the shark, but no, not at all. (laughs) Uh, Which I mean, so my son of a, yeah, so, I mean, eventually the shark rams itself into the boat. And just destroys it. He yeah. starts eating up the end of the boat, mm-hmm. and it's like, 
this is the classic scene where he is trying to not fall into the shark's mouth and it is a humongous mouth just opening and chomping down mm-hmm. which can only be like a really hard scene to shoot like oh yeah make sure the actor actually doesn't get hurt <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> during no that joke. shot like that was interesting i mean i mean and this is like this is like the saddest death in the movie yes. in my opinion because quint dies yep and it i mean ah! yeah he dies stabbing it in the face with a machete <laughs> and that's my favorite thing ever so it's oh, yeah. very uh very ahab of him well this is on par with the dude who was boxing a werewolf <laughs> yeah right yeah right so we'll have to put um i hope i give you the shit <laughs> yeah i hope i give you the shit when i <laughs> I love that shit. Um, <sighs> yeah, and I, and I, I don't know, and yeah, and so Quint dies, and it made me really, really sad. Um, that was also the part where they they do the the shark cage. The marine biologist yes. brings his uh, brings his shark cage with him, and that entire thing fails because yep. he's just bad at spearing stuff. No, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> he, he just misses like <laughs> he rolls a series of ones oh, and then just yeah. fails the whole thing. <laughs> Holy shit! And then we, the DM's really nice. We, we should <laughs> just crawls out, no problem. Yeah, right. We should also kind of go back to Quint and his story of how he is the way he is because mm-hmm. his story of the U.S. at Indianapolis. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that he talks about. Yep. Yeah, which was an actual thing that happened, and that was that was actually the screenwriter kind of like wrote that um, afterwards. Like that wasn't in the script that they because the script for Jaws was not finished or done even. So. Like when they start it, yeah. Dang, they were writing it as like they were filming that. That must be like a crazy time crunch for the writers to do something like that. Makes sense why they'd go over well, budget the, though the, too. The book came out like a year prior to the movie's release. I can't even believe that people greenlight stuff before a script is done. Yeah, like they really thought the idea was good. They were like, "Yeah, fucking go for it." Yeah, and then they just let them write it as it was happening. I've I've read. I watched a really good um. This this is kind of uh, in, this is pertails to like entertainment and whatnot. But I watched a good interview with um, Frank Zappa. That's who it was. So it was an interview with Frank Zappa, and he was talking about how like how older businessmen were, how they were more willing to take risks on things, right, and stuff like that. And so I feel like this is kind of a, an example of that, where they were just like, "You want to make a movie? Sure, we'll see how you do. Go for it. Here's some cash. Go throw it out there. Go God make damn. some money. Go for it." Whereas now, like a lot of entertainment is more. Uh, cautious about signing on projects They're now. definitely cautious. So that's they why want we're... you to do it like independently first. And, that, and one of those things is that's why we're getting so many remakes now is because they're com- it's comfortable. They're like, there's already market for this. We can release a remake and we will get something out of it. People will go watch the remake more than often. I feel like that strategy is going to fail at some point soon. Yes. Um, but they're milking that. And that's kind of like a difference between, because like back in the 70s, there were, there were guys who were just like risk takers. They're like gamblers, basically. They were like, fuck yeah, you want to... Tr- yeah, sounds like a fun risk. Let's go. Uh, and both Indiana Jones and Star Wars, they thought would fail. They thought they were going to And they still terrible. funded them, huh? Yeah, and they still Wouldn't funded happen them. today. No. I don't, I don't think... I don't think if Jaws... If somebody tried to pitch the story of Star Wars to someone today, they'd be like, no, what the fuck? Yeah, no. what... Yeah, no. Yeah, have ex- so many sci-fi stories already. Yeah, heck? and and like... And same with Jaws. I don't think Jaws would be made today either. Uh-uh. I don't think it would have gotten the green light today with today's... Well, there's not a... Uh, people don't want that kind of movie. Like, it hasn't really been made. It was kind of like when disaster movies were a thing. It was only, like, a couple of years, and then there was no other ones made mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was kind like of it. Quake and Towering Inferno. And yeah. Dante's Inferno. Then you skip forward to, like, Dante's Peak, and then you had, like, 2020 and The Day After Tomorrow. 2012. Oh, that's it. 2012. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck it was called. Uh, it, disaster it, movies. Yeah, Swifty was, fucking yeah, do. It had those. Uh, and then you had weird movies, like... Uh, 
what was it the core where they had to like dig to the earth's core and figure out what it's was just going like journey on. to the center of the earth by jules verne slightly kind of yeah seems like close. that yeah so it's shit like that so mm. there's a certain time period i feel like now honestly we are starting to get into like a new age of horror like we're, oh yeah we're moving into that and then people are really wanting some like good movies about horror that they want to think about yeah exactly they want they want like they want like uh like brainy like intelligent movies that's yeah. what people want and they want the horror aspect to still be there but they want it to be smart well they want like get out which and hereditary right mm-hmm. i feel like people are definitely appreciating more this is when like it's really like i think it's cliche but when they call people like auteurs when mm-hmm. they're like oh they're the not just theory. they're not just like film directors or writers they're like they're artists. really artists in this yeah. in this field and what they're doing because they're having writer directors like anyone i've talked to who wants to do like the writing the screenwriting or like directing you have to be a writer director you like can't like be one or the other and so they're starting to really be like oh this is a film by this person mm-hmm. this isn't just yeah. somebody who came in like spielberg didn't write jaws Nope. He but came people still and, call it Spielberg movie. They call it his movie. Yeah. And so it's like, this is the difference now where people are like, I don't want that to happen to my stuff. So they are writing and directing it, and then they get the rest of the crew together. Yeah, and so then the crew gets credit for doing that. They get credit for writing the movie. And I feel like script writing is a lot of times where movies either die or succeed. Yes. Uh, like That's like the basis for a lot of it, because all your ideas are going to be based off of that in a way. Yeah, they're definitely giving more credit to writers, too, which is really nice. They're not, like, just kind of being like, oh, this person wrote it, and then some other director comes yeah. in. The, Unless you're getting, it li- like, attached with a big director who, like, everyone kind of already Then knows. writers are not having secret communist parties. Well, they use right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Get put on the like blacklist. Like in Hail Caesar. Uh, fuck. Hail Caesar's so great. They, like, literally made a movie about how people got blacklisted in Hollywood. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's what great. that movie's about. Oh, I've watched that one. I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I've heard of movie. it, though. It's a good movie. It's actually really Tom good Brothers movie. movies. Yeah. And, and like, <laughs> so so they have, I feel like they're definitely moving towards having the artists, having people be the one to make this film. And now I think people are starting to take more risks with indie films. Yeah. With taking people from Sundance, taking people from film festivals, anyone who kind of made things on their own. They're grabbing them after that and being like, all right, now here's some money. Go make something else. And they're trying them out with big franchises. That's what sort of happened to the directors in the 90s who grew up mm-hmm. with directors from the 70s and 80s. Like yep. Tarantino, Rodriguez, uh, Darren Aronofsky, Kevin Smith. Yeah. Um, so, like, Richard like say any one of us were going to be a director and, or writer now, our heavy influences are, like, late 80s, 90s, and then some of the 2000s. And so w- and then we're going to be w- what's making the newest films, which is going to be, I feel like, horror and sci-fi are really what's killing it right now because we have the technology to be able to make the CGI, all of the stuff available to us. It was easy to film things. Fantasy is super popular right now. Just and fantasy, fantasy. Just, well, just fantasy yes. in general. Right. Like, like sci-fi falls under fantasy and like, you know, fiction in general is, yeah. is really popular. And like, you know, especially if you're raising the stakes to things that are outside of reality almost, that's when it, that's when it's like Plus really popular. Plus democratized. It's not like you can like go out and rent super expensive equipment now. Like, People, uh, directors try to do or like max out your credit cards or sell <laughs> off and hawk off your stuff well they had the sort of the benefit of being able to use cheaper equipment and like no one really thought twice about it because that was kind of the standard all across whereas now there's a distinct difference between using like a film camera and then say like a dslr camera which is like you're kind of getting an affordable camera that will still give you that hd quality so it's like now that's i think that's what's empowered a lot of the indie filmmakers is they now have their entire like filming system in like a one bag. Like I have all my shit. Like I have my camera, the boom mics, 
the recording device. Like I could record a movie today if I wanted to, but it's just about like getting it out. The distribution has become extremely difficult because of how there is like streaming sites. Most of the big businesses, they won't accept a random submission. You have to like know someone in mm-hmm. there. And so like, that's like Netflix. Netflix doesn't take random submissions. You have uh. to know somebody who already works for Netflix or an agent who works for Netflix. And then they'll get you in and figure that out. Or they'll reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Your series is successful on its own. They'll be like, oh, can we put it onto Netflix? And then we'll give you some money for it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they're going different ways about it. That's the same for, it's the same for like the music industry too. Music industry is going through kind of the same, the same deal where they're trying to deal with the digitization yes. and the streaming aspect. Because now it's a lot different. And that was uh, the Frank Zappa thing I was bringing up. He was talking about the music industry, but I feel like it's the same for the film industry too. Yeah. There's just less risk wanting to be thrown down by these people. Less risk. They want, they want more inside of what, inside their company, internal, what they can trust. And they don't want like randos off the streets making stuff really. No, it must be really difficult now to be making music because you're just so saturated with all of these people. It, it, the it's best all way on to do it. And Spotify. Well, yeah, there, there's that. And it, one of the best ways to do it now is you have to do, because if you're going to get a label and you want to release your own music, the one of the best ways to make money off of it is to just, you have to just stream it yourself, put it up on something else. Because distribution is also, will, they'll, take a, they'll take a cut of distribution out of your, out of your earnings. But that's all music stuff and we're talking about jaws <laughs> so how does how does the movie end smile you son of a <laughs> so uh, they b- basically literally blow up the shark while uh, while hooper's hiding underwater because the shark chases him when he hides in some coral yeah. uh quint gets eaten unfortunately it's really sad uh, he goes down like a badass. Yep. I just love how he screams. Yeah, it's just like Bleh. a crazy battle cry. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's glorious. Funniest thing, Robert Shar was a huge party animal in real life. So oh. he, he was always like drinking and whatnot. <laughs> so he needed a personal assistant with him on Jaws. Holy shit. And he got his personal assistant drunk that he... <laughs> like, when they were managed to like sneak away from the cast and crew... For the night, just so Robert Shaw can have his like night of binge drinking out at a bar or whatever in Martha's Damn. Vineyard, where <laughs> they filmed that. Yeah, it was just like, and there, the line where he does his uh, Indianapolis uh, line, he it's it's edited, it's shot twice. Um, there's a drunk version of it, <laughs> and there's the stone cold sober version, and they're spliced together. Oh, that's fucking cool. Holy I did not shit. know that at all. That's fucking yeah. rad. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Um, and also that um, their uh, shark attack scars that they share. Um, Kevin Smith used that for his movie in Chasing Amy. I, sh- I forgot to mention that. That that yeah. is like, I remember watching that scene and I'm just like, this looks like the Chasing Amy scene. He just ripped that off for Chasing Amy. Yep. Are you? It's fucking great. And then said they're instead they're instead of comparing shark scars, they're comparing sex scars. Yes. <laughs> Yep, that's exactly it. It's fucking glorious. What a nice I love connection. That. I love that. I love that so much. Thanks for reminding me, Eddie, because I, thought, I literally thought of that while watching Jaws that was my one and of, forgot to mention it. That's one of my favorite parts in Chasing Amy, Amy. High five. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Nubian? What's a Nubian? Oh, my oh, no. God. So I love that. <laughs> Did you rewatch that whole scene? Yes. It's so good. He, go- he goes through this whole bit, this whole bit about who this person is and then at the end he's like that's not really what it is and like goes through this other explanation it's like a panel of really dumb people uh, yeah <laughs> they just don't know better like they're just we have an episode on it go watch that right yeah anyway so <laughs> jaws at the end of the movie this motherfucker explodes fucking well uh 
Bro- uh, Brody kicks the uh, kicks the the canister, kicks the air canister into the shark's mouth, and then gets on a rifle, climbs up onto the crow's nest, like at the very top of it. And I love this whole shot because the shark's like coming at him. It takes and like five or six shots just for him to like hit the canister. The best part while he's doing it though is if you watch like the, whole, the ship is like sinking. Yeah, like also like, like like it's really fast too. If he it's, misses, he's going to die. Yeah, it's like it's like this is his like last like if he doesn't figure it out and it's just shot so well though. It's and he just overcomes done his fear so well. Yeah, yeah. It, this is his moment of where he overcomes the fear. Yeah, uh, exactly. Overcomes point. the fear of the water and just focuses on what needs to be done. And then the smile, you son of a bitch. And then the glor- <laughs> most glorious blood explosion ever out of the water happens they must have had a lot of fun their ship oh yeah that ship actually sunk for real like they had a they trashed it (laughs) no 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 like they were meant to have that ship sink but it was they actually were shooting on a day where it wasn't supposed to be sinking at all so they even had some of their like film stock in it oh what yeah but they managed to say preserve that film stock and like really quickly and in time just to like edit it all that together Oh my Damn, God. dude. So Jaws, Jaws was a tough movie to make and amazing. This is a movie where happy accidents just happen. Yeah. Like greatly. And this is why I feel like this is a perfect example of like where you use less is more in certain situations where you are against a wall of like problems pretty much as opposed to like other like movies where they use less of their monster because that's like Godzilla, like the 2014 yeah. Godzilla. Urgh. Yeah. <laughs> hate. Yes. <laughs> hate, 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 hate. Yeah. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a Jaws is an effective movie. It's an effective horror movie. It's an ev- effective adventure movie. It's an effective like. It was a few things. Yeah. It wrapped up a few genres into yeah. one, and, and it appealed to a wider audience. I think. And it definitely played on people's fears, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, your fear of the ocean. Psycho had the fear of taking a shower. <laughs> yeah. I love Jaws. I, we, so, everybody loves Jaws. So yeah, so I don't think there's not one person in this It's a classic film. You definitely should go watch it if you haven't seen it already. Uh, just because it's it's rewatchable. Like yep. it isn't one of those films. Where I was rewatching again before I was going to sleep last night. Man, I feel like that's a tough movie to watch right before you go to sleep. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you might have some weird nightmares. Jaws after doesn't that. really scare me that much. That's it's true. Just, it's not. Yeah. It's just scary. fun movie to watch. It's just yeah. like you're invested in the characters. You're into this whole adventure, which is the contemporary Moby Dick story, where you're like hunting and fishing a monster or a sea creature. It's also a movie that happens like in broad daylight. Yeah. Like this isn't like a very dark film. So like thematically with all of the light and everything, this changes up what you fully expect to see when you go into a horror film, which is that it's dark. You can't see anything. You don't know what the monster is. But in this case, you have full blown sunlight. It's in the middle of the day. People are getting eaten in the middle of the day. So it kind of plays on that fear too, where you're not really safe any certain time of the day, any place really. And so this brought about the fear of being out in the ocean in the water. And so it definitely got people scared for the next couple of years and a huge commercial success. So they were definitely willing to start doing summer releases, summer blockbusters. And then that's pretty much where the trend started. So it was kind of a piece we couldn't skip. We had to definitely go like through Jaws. I think also the 60s and 70s were like shifting what monsters were. Yeah. Like the... 60s created like the slasher and the zombies 
and you like monster we are like monsters in a way and we oh, were getting yeah. away from a lot like, of social commentary universal monsters like your your draculas and your werewolves and your mummies pretty much we'll have and to do united living dead sometime soon yeah yeah or just george romero movies yeah and, straight up just joe romero movies and the 70s was more of like slashers like they were getting yeah. more into late 70s early 80s was like the slasher era and we, we, we talked about like black christmas yeah and, yeah exactly and the final girls which was like black christmas is considered to be one of the original slasher films yeah i definitely um and so yeah i mean a lot of these are going to be based off of what people's fears of are at the time yeah so if there's a fear of your fellow man fear of yep you know etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> so before we finish and wrap it up, do you guys have any final thoughts on either one of the films? Fuck Piranha. <laughs> Piranha. Go watch the remake. Go, Go watch, watch the, the remake. Piranha 3D is actually decent if you want like a gore fest of fish eating people and it's way better and you'll they get more out of it. And naked boobies. Out with, yep, like, and, yep, yeah, there's also that. That's also a there's thing. There's a lot of nudity in that film. Yep, a lot. I mean, the film's called Double D, but whatever. That's the, that's the <laughs> that sequel. That was a thing that they yeah, did, right? Run 3D. That was the sequel. Oh, that's right. They did the, the, yeah. the original, and then they made the sequel. Gore and tits. That's pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. And they killed Richard Dreyfuss in the first like yep. few minutes of the movie, that's just true. like in the maelstrom of Piranha. That's so fucked. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I can't man. take this abuse much longer. Oh, if, if if you haven't seen Jaws yet, see it. Absolutely, sit down and watch Super it. Super easy to find. It's like five bucks if you go to Walmart. Yeah, like, it's really not fucking like see the movie, film. but but it's worth a watch and it's a great flick. Yeah. Great movie. Oh, if it's not already on a streaming site, I feel like some streaming service has it. Yeah, exactly. They, they usually have it up somewhere, so it's pretty easy to find for stuff like that. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, I have nothing else, else to say today. To so so before I let everyone go, <laughs> we're super easy to find on all of the streaming services. We're on Spotify, we're on iTunes, as well as iHeartRadio and SoundCloud. And we have our Facebook and our Instagram pages, and we love getting interactions from people. Send us messages, comments, let us know if we missed anything. If you got something wrong, let us know. What's up? Also, a shout-out to uh, the Sirens of Horror. Yes. And the uh, other other one, the Spook Podcast. We see you. Yes. You guys are awesome. Right. Uh, I actually listened to a good amount of the Sirens of Horror, mm-hmm. and we got interesting stuff. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, they were, they were so, pretty cool. I hope uh, I hope we'll collaborate soon, bring yeah. them together, and we'll we'll figure out something for all of us. Yeah, we'll see. Hell yeah! All right, all right. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for coming to this. Anytime. Hope anyway. you guys have a good night. Yeah, stay spooky.